0: I'm Jordan Darvel, news editor of The Fader. Tony Snow sometimes overlooks his own music. As my conversation with the Atlanta Firebrand wraps up, I confess that it took me a minute to catch on to 100 or None, his collaboration with fellow local rapper Kenny Mason. Shit, I almost slept on that too, he says, a good-humored incredulousness shining through the video call. A disciple of the internet era of the rap mixtape and the artists like Gucci Mane and Lil Wayne, who perfected it, Snow has released music at a prodigious clip since 2019. Quality control is a crucial component of his process and one of the reasons why he's still an essential voice of the rap underground. The songs that don't immediately hit can simmer in the subconscious, waiting for their chance to become standbys on your playlist. Sometimes, like in the case of 100 on None, it works that way for Tony Snow too. Born and raised in Cobb County, Snow and his music have spread across the world thanks to his role as a statesman of the new generation of Plug, a subgenre of rap as closely bound to Atlanta as Snow himself. The best Plug songs create an atmosphere of boss-up serenity, with lounge-ready melodies and fat, blown-out 808s, giving you the sensation of an out-of-body experience during a raucous party. Snow slid into this sound like a pair of tailored house shoes and proved himself a master with a presence equal parts trap boss and coach tailor. Snow's star grew, and his creative range, bolstered by a list of go-to producers including Cash Cash and pop star Benny, developed in tandem. His 2021 project Killstreak and its sequel dipped into psychedelic boombap, and 2022's plug motivation was coated in a teflon-thick layer of classic Atlanta trap. Reflections, released the same year, combined all these styles and more for a release that made ignoring Tony Snow an ill-advised prospect. If Killstreak was a photo negative, all steely blue flexes and gray threats, Snow's new album Love Streak is its reversal, a full color emotional roller coaster. Based on a now concluded real life relationship, the record finds Snow rapping with more self knowledge on his own interior motivations than most artists would even dare consider. Previous projects have merely hinted at the depth of sensitivity Snow dives into here, with an author's attention to character detail. Over the course of 16 songs with features from Mavi, Dram, and more, Snow embodies a Lothario with a rare moment of clarity, experiencing the highs and lows of his lifestyle and refusing to look away. Two weeks before Love Streak's release, I spoke with Tony Snow about the relationship that inspired the album, his role as a plug maestro, and his resolutely underground approach to his career. All right, so today is a uh, special day. It is the 16th anniversary of Lil Wayne's tape, The Drought 3. Yeah, we're we're talking on a pretty important day for you because you're a student of Wayne. So I was wondering if you could talk to me a little bit about um, how his approach to music informed yours.
1: I relate with his story because, to my understanding, he used to write his music. He had a notebook or something like that. And uh, I used to write my music in my phone and like, you know, show people. and. I wasn't necessarily the guy. Just like Lil Wayne wasn't the guy necessarily first coming into the to the scene. People, I think they looked at like Juvenile and B G to be the guys. They didn't really look at Lil Wayne like he was like the. I wouldn't say outcast, but he just wasn't the the guy. I wasn't necessarily the guy coming into this. I I didn't necessarily I I wrote all my music initially, and then I don't know what sparked in him or what unlocked in him, but I I think I had the same feeling, and it's just said, fuck it, it's me, I'm the one. Like, you feel me? Like, coming into it, maybe I thought I was gonna be a good support role, but maybe I'm supposed to be the main role. You know what I mean? And it's just, I've been learning with it since I made that decision. I feel like, you know, me and his story
0: is just, I can relate with it in that sense. Do you have like a moment or a, like maybe even a specific project of yours where you felt like you made that switch from support role to I'm him? I wanna say the World Is Ours 2, going
1: into This Should Hold You Over 1. That was a moment where a guy that um, I was in a rap group with had signed. So I started to see, I saw a lot of successes. I saw a lot of ups. I saw a lot of downs. I was still in the trap. So I really wasn't able to like just go out and do a lot of things type shit. you know. I wasn't able to just go to LA at the drop of a dime. I wasn't able to just go to New York at the drop of a dime. I had to... Um, you know, my own life to deal with. And I, I realized that I didn't want to be left behind, nor did I want to be just the homie that was just being tagged along. So I had to establish myself, like, you know what I'm saying? I had to cultivate a path for myself type shit.
0: And I mean, it seems like because you're from Atlanta, you have a lot of other careers that you can look at in terms of consistency and volume of output that I feel like that you followed pretty closely. When you were coming up, there was Dad Piff, there was Spinrella, all of these mixtape sites. And obviously now they're just not active anymore. And I was wondering what you thought about how the music industry has made that uh, transition from those sorts of sites to music discovery through streaming platforms, TikTok, leaks, that sort of thing.
1: To me, the game never really changed. Like, I feel like the players did. Or, like, the the tools may have changed. Because I still look at, like, Apple Music, Spotify, and Tidal, and, you know, the streaming platforms to be, like, that. Piff, my mixtapes, live mixtapes. You feel me? Like, I feel like maybe some artists take it too serious. Or they, I don't know if they're not doubling down on their stuff, that they may second-guess they stuff. But I literally look at it like it's the same platform. Like, I just take the same formula and just apply it to a streaming platform to a tiktok to an instagram to a you know i mean it's kind of like hustling like the more product you have the more people want to buy
0: one of the things that makes you stand out is that consistency right that i that i mentioned earlier do you think you have an above average work ethic when it comes to rap
1: for sure my mother established that in me and as well as my plugs like the dudes i used to work in the street with like how you're saying, there's so much music, there's so much artists, there's so much rap. That's how I felt when I was selling weed. Like it was, it's so much weed out here. Like you don't have to buy mine. No, what's going to stand me apart? I got the best one. I have it available for you all the time. You feel what I'm saying? Like I'm at your beck and call just like with rap. You can trust me to have a good song in my cut or it will be dropped by me. Like my, you can trust my releases will be well. Like I built up a, a trust with my fans. They know that I'm going to deliver.
0: And something that really strikes me about how you approach music is how comfortable you sound in different subgenres of rap. Like you're usually labeled a plug artist, which is true, but there there are so many different other styles of rap that you've released full length albums in, and a lot of rappers that try different things. Like that experimental sort of workflow can be invigorating, and in that it's like oh, some some of this like sounds good, some of it doesn't really work but with you like it all just sounds natural
1: it almost is like I'm a fan of music I'm a fan of hip-hop for sure I'm just a fan of music in general so like my playlist or like things I listen to don't be the average like you know just straight up trap rapper like Doll for Gucci even though those are some of my favorite artists like I also enjoy Adele a Sade a 112 a a Miley Cyrus. I, I sometimes just let the radio play. Like I don't even like constrict myself to my playlist or constrict myself to just what I see other people listening to. Like I'll just get in a car and like put on the radio and like let it just play. Like I just like music. You know what I mean? I'm also a fan of when rappers step outside of rap. Like literally, you feel me? Like I'm a fan of when like uh, Quavo will hop on one of them songs, that like, like a country song or something like that. You know what I mean? Like I'm a big fan of like just hearing my young thug on like a that Ace Atlanta song, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm
0: just a fan of that type of stuff. You mentioned listening to Sade and, and Adele and these R&B artists. I want to use that as like a, a segue to talk about your new tape, Love Streak. I don't think I've heard you open up so much on an album. It, seems, it sounds like you're being a lot more honest with yourself. It's not so much like you're wearing your heart on your sleeve so much as you're just being like, I'm perfect at rap, but I have these other flaws that I'm going to explore through that it's a real step forward i think i was I, I so i just wanted to talk about how the the production on this which you know is kind of based around a lot of samples of classic r&b and stuff like that maybe inspired you to go deeper into yourself and you know explore this idea of toxicity from a different angle
1: yeah i definitely was very vulnerable on this project this is probably the most vulnerable i ever been on a project i got this thing about my process i don't i don't know but i have to like live the process like i have to like live my music i already like am naturally a hustler and naturally I, I mean i came from the trap so like i talk about my um my stories i feel like i needed to put myself in a relationship to tackle this topic type shit you feel me so i had got into a relationship and um i just experienced it for real like i really tried like you know what i'm saying i really tried to be in a relationship i didn't like do it for a look or do it just to have a girlfriend you know what i mean like i really tried to love and like accept everything you know love and hate like I just tried to really experience my emotions and then I went into the project. Like, although I was trying to like be in love, I have wants and needs and I also have temptation. You know what I'm saying? I started just noticing like things ab- about myself and the world, you know what I mean? So I felt like I needed to just talk about the, how I felt so that, cause I knew other people could relate to it, but just, you know, in the world we're in. Like it's not all shits and giggles. It's not always just, oh my God, I love you so much. Sometimes I fucking hate you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes get the fuck out my face. I don't want to talk to you. Like, you're pissing me off. And other times, I might want to cuddle. I might want to kiss on the cheek. I want to kiss on the forehead. Like, you feel me? But that's life. Like, I'm a
0: human. I'm a, I'm a man. Like, you know what I'm saying? I was wondering if, like, while you were in the relationship, if, I mean, you mentioned there was, like, the distraction and the temptation and all that. But were there ever points where you were like, all right, I'm, I'm doing this thing, like, 100%, like, for as as long as I can or if it was always just kind of like uh what else we got going on over here. No,
1: I really I did try and really be in the relationship. That's how I learned more about myself and learned more about dating women. Like I'll admit I got into a relationship off lust, like you feel I me? Mean? Like I was really attracted to the one to the lady. I never really had deep conversations to you know what I mean? I never really um experienced having a girlfriend for real. like I'm so caught up in rap, I'm so caught up in my like, I really want to rap really badly. Like I really want to be successful in, in music that I don't really like stop and look around and smell of roses or anything like that. So this was like one of my first times really doing that. And I, and I it, it was a learning experience, you feel me? I still have love for the girl. I just like, I learned, you know what I mean? I had to learn, I had to I had to grow. I might even come back to her. I just, you know, I got to grow. Can you talk to me a little bit more about like some of the growth that you you pulled from that relationship? Uh, I learned how to let ladies be my friend. And we don't have to have a sexual relationship or a a passionate thing going on. Like we can literally just be platonic and just be friends. It's crazy how many guys don't think that's possible. It was impossible for me prior to this relationship. (laughs) I really wasn't even going to attempt it. I'm like, I can't do it. Part of me was like, maybe it's me. Like maybe cause I'm lit, like girls can't help, but you know, want to have a romantic relationship with me. That, ass, that I don't know if that's... What, what's, the, what's the word? Uh, Fucking were you self-centered or some shit like that. But like I became even aware of that. Like, you feel what I'm saying? Like, that I can't even think like that because women have their own mind. Like, you feel me? She's a, her own human as well. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, she has her own. life. I think that's another part of why I didn't join a relationship because I was raised by seven women. So, like, I saw a lot of women's struggles type. You, you feel me? Like, I never wanted to put too much of mine or hers. That last relationship I was in was my first time. All right, I'm gonna invite you into my world and I'll accept you into my world type thing.
2: Meets the motions you keep your eyes wide, you might miss the moment. I'm days, I might need a moment. Just say my name and you know I'm on it. I'm trying to upgrade you. I give a magazine to your man and front pager. Here go my number, you could call me later. I got some business at the house, but you can hit me after. We don't need kids right now, but we could practice. She give me help, but she was born in Baptist. She been battling with patience. She prayed for patience, but the Lord don't give you patience. He gon' give you opportunity to be patient. You haven't missed the motion, so I miss my drinking. I'm inspiration for the last plus breathing. You can feel every step I
0: take. It doesn't feel like your life in the rap game is fairly traditional for an artist like on your trajectory. It seems like you're more suspicious than most about the music industry in general. And you're sort of like taking your time with how that goes. So I wanted to talk a little bit about your approach to the music industry and, you know, whether or not you're considering embracing it a little bit more traditionally
1: i've been uh thinking about it i kind of saw a documentary that uh rap caviar did on tyler crater and he was talking about how um for so long i've been an outcast you feel me? Like for so long, I, I had been like, I'm the guy in Atlanta that like, I'm not necessarily the most gangster. I'm not necessarily the most swaggy. I'm not necessarily the most flashy. You feel me? So I don't necessarily get treated with the same respect as those guys that are flashy, that are wearing all these chains, that are having all these guns, that are disrespecting people. You feel what I'm saying? I'm the guy that, that represents the working man. You feel me? The, the guy that wants to provide for his family and, and love and live life. So like, that guy normally gets belittled, not only in music, but just in life general. Like, you feel me, that guy normally gets passed over for the guy that's flashy, the guy that, you know, the guys I'm talking about. So what he said was he he created his, like, it's like going to dinner, and like, you've been working so long to get at this table, and then when you get at the table, they're like, fuck you, I don't want you to sit on my table. And you're like, well, fuck you, I don't want to sit at your table, I'll make my own table. So I'm over here making my own table, but I look over, I'm like, And y'all table's still kind of cool. Like, I I still want to go over to y'all table. Like, you feel me? So, like, I got my table over here at my house. But, like, I still be like, uh, I do want to come kick it with y'all every now and then. Maybe not every weekend, but maybe once a month. You know what I mean? What about the other table specifically appeals to you? I want to say it's the, like, the history of it. Like, I don't even know. Like, it's... It's like getting a fucking, like getting a Grammy or getting a diploma. Like you don't need that diploma. You don't necessarily need that Grammy, but like, like I'm getting a Grammy for my, I'm getting a diploma for my mama. Like it's for other people, damn near. It's for like the, those other people be like, okay, you are doing your thing. Like, for example, I'm probably one of the most lit dudes in America right now. You feel me? And then nobody called me until I posted that Rolling Loud thing. When I posted the Rolling Loud, they're like, oh, yeah, like it's like you do certain things and like it just it's affirmations for the people that are, you know, loving for it that love you, you know what I mean?
0: I read in a previous interview you did that when you first started making music, you were making it more for other people, and then when you started making it for yourself, that's when you started to really hit your stride. There's something to be said about if you can succeed on your own terms first, succeeding on other people's terms, that's totally fine because as long as you've got that center if you make the move to play somebody else's game, you're always gonna have that center. Yeah, I
1: definitely move like that. I'd be like, at least I did this. I did this first. Like, you feel me? I wanted I want to make sure, I'd I be sabotaging myself a lot with my career because I wanna make sure I do certain things by myself before I work with others. Like, I had a couple songs growing up that had um, features on them that. Have millions of plays. I never shot a music video to them. I never promoted them because it had a feature on it. Like I didn't want my hit song to have a feature on it. I wanted my hit song to be by me, just me first. And then I'll accept other people to like join me. You feel me? But I wanted to make sure I established myself For I wanted to make sure people knew me. Like, you know what I mean? I didn't want to depend on someone else for that.
0: So I want to talk as well about Atlanta and your relationship to the city. Now there's no question that Atlanta is one of the most important hip hop cities in history and you grew up with the second wave of artists who were really helping redefine that legacy in a different way like Gucci Mane, you know OJ the Juice Man, all that. So I was wondering how, you know, being a student of that legacy as well affected your own career and how you approached your own music. And let
1: me know it was possible first of all like to even be from a trap or be from a a low income area and still prevail, not having to use industry tactics, you know what I mean? Seeing some of these things close up and personal, it just it hit a little harder than watching it on TV. Like watching Kanye West and, and Jay-Z and Lil Wayne's cool, but like actually being in the club with Trouble or Gucci Man or Jeezy or Young Scooter and like seeing them in studios or something like that. Like it just hit a little harder like like it really make you know let you know it's possible
0: what are some of like the the big tapes that that you remember that really solidified that it's possible for you to to do the rap thing yourself
1: uh like rich kids everybody eats bread astronaut status by future the entire gucci man discography (laughs) fucking uh Lil' Key's project, the uh, Mexico one, seeing Fat Man Key's entire career, seeing OJ Juice Man's entire career. I kind of study
0: careers more than I study projects. So the timing of this interview is really cool to me because, you know, I get to talk to somebody who helped reintroduce a particular sound to the mainstream plug. And, you know, it's just starting to get back onto the charts. Now, the younger generation is doing different things with it, taking it in completely new directions. Obviously like you're not a, you're not a veteran, right? You're a young guy and your career's like only getting, only getting huger. How has it felt watching Plug grow into the sound that it has while still making it, engaging with it, you know, being a part of that community? I kinda
1: feel like the Migos when they changed the flow of rap. Like you remember when like people were rapping a certain way and then the Migos came in, and, like everybody started rapping a whole different way. Yeah, this is how I feel, like but like with the plug sound, like almost like I feel like I know I'm not a forefather. I'm not necessarily the grandfather of this style. I'm like the dad right now. I'm like, yes, this is cool. No, that's not cool. All right, you can do that. No, you can't do that. Like people are looking at me damn near to co sign or or diss something, you feel me? Like people are looking at my opinion to say what's plug and what's not it feels good
0: <laughs> sounds like a lot of responsibility
1: it is damn near. i mean shit you feel me like i'm not a vet but i'm definitely the older guy over here like i'm definitely the the guys that like little tyler and um booth pack and all them guys they look up i ain't gonna try and say like i'm their parent or anything but like they look at me to like what's plug like what's how can i be in
0: this subgenre? i like how you uh described Plug in in an interview with Clash last year. You said that uh, trap music is the working music, the guy who's trying to earn his position at the business. Plug is for the guy who owns the business. What other kinds of people do you want to make music for in the future? I want to continue to make music for the working guy.
1: I really want the working guy to prevail, like the everyday man. I don't know if it's because I've grown past, like I'm no longer in the streets, a literal Plug anymore, you feel me? So I don't know if that's because of that but I'm I'm looking forward to making more music for the average the everyday man, the everyday woman, the everyday lady. You feel me? The person that's grinding and hustling.
2: I wake up and feel how I feel When she see the money, then she do whatever I say She boss the fuck up, but surrender when we in that room She get on her knees, show me faith Then check on me, I gotta do what I gotta do All her knees on me, but I'm still gonna act brand new i put putting my jeans and it's fake, that world I'm true I left you all red, I've been counting them blue I'm fresh in I fall like the first day of school Heat on my head, we ain't trying to be cool We good by ourselves, we got nothing to prove She think I do magic for nothing, it's something I hop by the cool No alcohol, I stand in the proof Religion, my genius, I know I'm the truth Funk, only know how to be real. If you feel some way, don't be afraid how you feel. I'm white and live I live. Up every day trying to get rich.
0: You said that, you know, you listen to all kinds of music. You know, I'm just wondering what your reaction would be if like a big pop artist like came to you and wanted a verse, wanted a feature, wanted to put you on that major label trajectory. What would you like right now as you're sitting here? Think about that. I
1: don't know. I'll be thinking about it all the time. Fucking, I, I don't know what I would do. Uh I... I'll probably be annoying as fuck to the person. <laughs> I'll probably be annoying as fuck. Like, I know Brent and Tia, like, my friends that are, like, actually lit as fuck, I know they be annoyed at me. They be like, all right, Tony. All right, bro. Just chill out, dog. <laughs> I'm like, nah. I, got, cause I be having a flex that I know the person. I be like, fuck that. I know uh, Miley Cyrus, all right? I'm out of FaceTimer right now. Watch. You feel me? Like, I'm the type of dude just call you just the flex to the hoes. Like, yeah. I know, bro. Yeah, he right here. You see him? Yeah, that's my homie. So I'll I'll be more flexing the relationship than I'll be trying to flex the work relationship. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really reach out to Tia or uh, Brent or Tyler them to make records like that. I'll be reaching them more out to, like, see how they're doing. Like, before I came into, like, having my moment, like, before me having my moment, I was really, like I said, studying people's careers and studying people's emotions in life. So, like, I saw a lot of people, like, emotionally be ruined or... um. It's like they were no longer the same person anymore once the fame came in. You know what I mean? Once the fame and money hit, like it's like they were drained almost. And I just don't like seeing that to people that I really like or I really enjoy his personality. If I know you personally, I want to make sure that that don't happen. Like, if as long as you know Tony Snow, bro,
0: you not finna be out this motherfucking moody and gloomy. It sounds like when it comes to collaboration, you want it to happen more organically. Like if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, fuck it.
1: I'm not dependent on features at all. I was just telling a friend how I don't do features because of what status it'll bring me or because of what like fan base or streams or anything like that. I do the feature with someone because like 16 year old Tony would be looking like, yo, you better fucking get a song with Rip Ross. You better fucking do a song with Adele. Like you feel me? So it's more about that. Like just pleasing my younger self or even pleasing the fans because I know they want to see me out with certain people. You feel me? But I don't never do it because I think it's going to be a gain or anything like that from it. I I try really
0: to not do a feature with somebody. I really try hard to just be there for them. I think that's reflected on the on the features for the new project too. The Mavi feature on the street, that was crazy. You got a little crank, you got 3AG pilot. It's also reflective of, you know, what you were talking about about how you want these things to really sort of like bolster the music rather than your career
1: those guys specifically at like i picked them because they i felt like they complemented my voice well like i, I
0: sometimes pick people because i
1: feel like they'll complement the record i don't necessarily like
0: um i've always felt that way about your, your approach to features like it, that doesn't seem like super new in this project to me if anything like the mavi feature is just like a bit left field also because like the the verse also kind of like feels like a hook almost i know you don't really like Fuck with hooks too much. I was trying to get make it a hook. He, hey, he really pressed me to not make that a hook.
1: Like, I made that a hook, and he was like, "All right, fine." Like you feel me? But he was like, "Nah, bro."
0: Like this the hook. I was like, "Yeah, bro." He like, and let me say it over again, bro. This, all right. No, it anchors the the track in a in a really powerful way. I think I felt like it when he did it. Like I, it instantly sounded like a hook to me. So I want to talk just like a little bit about video games as well. You can hear how the the music of video games has, has influenced your work and like your ear for beats, like especially when you work with pop star Benny. But I was wondering like if playing games like 2K, which has like different soundtracks, experiencing that music in like a competitive environment, like influenced like how you make music and how you approached it.
1: For Sure. Um, music is a setting. Like, I mean, it's a part of the setting. It parts. It sets the mood. You feel me. It sets the um your mindset. You feel me. So like hearing certain sounds can enhance your um senses. When I make music, sometimes I try and play into those things. Like a lot of my shit is uh, chilling or cool. You know, player music. So I try and think real hard about like what would make you feel the most player. What would make you feel the most bossed up? Like what what can I say or like what kind of beat would make you feel like yo. Where the champagne at, bruh? Where is the, where is, I need a pound of weed right now. Three beautiful girls and a bubble bath right now. Like what what, how can I make that sound? But like you seeing it while you hearing it, type shit. it make you feel like you just did that without even doing it. I hop up
2: by that water, don't move skin butter. A real smooth brother. I make sisters kiss each other. I don't walk, I hover. I don't wait, I skip. I don't sit, I flip. I swear I told you sometime where the time's take. I keep my hammer close, only God judge my fate. I've been patient. I can feel that grip getting a little less tight and we gon' make it. It's like again, game, well, you all that high risk, you ain't gon' take it. I left this shirt early on my clothes around 10. Twisting up his attic get my cup full of jeans. What I want for Christmas, I want you and your
0: friends. On this new record, I feel like Real Rare had that feeling, right? That's kind of Tony Snow. As Scarface, as the boss, putting that at the top line, but for the most part, like it's the other side of being the big dog, right? The other side of like the kind of person that you were on uh, plug motivation, right?
1: Because the big dog and the plug got a heart too. You might not know that because you might not be so cool with him. You only get you only buy stuff from him. You don't never ask him how he's doing. You, You you never ask the plug how he's feeling. This how I'm feeling. Like you feel me, like. Like I I let I gave this music to my plug and a couple other street cats around the city and let them hear the project and like they really resonated with it because nobody ever asked the plug how he feels or like how his relationship is going or what he's got going on in his life they just want to buy their product and get the fuck on this project is a story about the plug's other
0: side I think you have a strong interest and concern for people that is reflected in not just how you make music as you know we just discussed but who you choose to work with i was wondering how your approach to collaboration you know i was wondering if you could talk to me a little bit more about that and how you choose who you work with and the relationships that get formed out of those collaborations
1: i tend to normally pick the homie you feel me if i end up ever picking somebody that like you just know you feel me like you just off you see his name instantly know him. it's probably because we became homies or It's probably because I have a nostalgic feeling about that artist. You feel me? Like, I mean, I be mentioning Rick Ross and Drake. Like, it's not like I'm friends with those guys, and I'm not necessarily sure how meeting them would go about. But I know I have a inner nostalgia thing about that, so like, it would call me to do that. But normally, if it's not a nostalgic thing, it's because he's the homie. It's because. I have a real connection with this bro. We probably go out and get drinks. Like, we probably play Switch together. We probably play Apex together. We probably pick up women together. We probably like have shared meals or something like that. You feel me? Normally, I try to just have a real connection with the person I'm making a song with, whether that's my producer, whether that's even somebody that, cause I record myself, but even if I choose someone to record me, I normally make sure it's the homie. I want it to be genuine every time, like, I really am not a fan of like internet and fake lives. Like you feel me, I hate Instagram. I don't like social media. I want to get rid of all the fake shit. Like, and if this is the one thing I got control of, my music, I'm going to make
0: sure everything in this is real as possible. I think in terms of your collaborators so far, you and 10K Duncan have like an unusual amount of chemistry for two rappers.
1: 10K Duncan is my real friend, like for real. like.
0: Oh no, I can can tell like on on your tapes together, like, you sound like looser than on, on on other projects. Like you both got massages, and you're just like, "Oh yeah, now we're gonna rap," you know?
1: Yeah, I'm fucking around. Like I give ten k, just start fucking around. We just like, you know what I mean? Like I'm, it's not. It I feel like it's no pressure anymore. Like it literally, like I'm having fun. I, I'm having fun doing my music. Period. But like with ten k, especially because he's joking around and we're doing goofing off and shit like that. And I've no, like I've I've literally known ten k since I got out of high school. Like probably like the first year out of high school I had met him my first viral song or viral moment with was shared with him you feel me we've been through girls we've been through rap groups we've been through uh producers we've been through janky promoters janky labels like you feel me like we've experienced so much together so like that's literally genuine my genuine friend so like that's why it sounds so
0: natural when we get together so I also want to talk about your approach to recording and releasing. I know you don't overthink this this kind of stuff, but I'm really interested to to know like how you spend your time like immediately before you drop a project. Like, are you reflecting? Are you planning the next? Once it's like sent off to get mastered, is it just out of your mind?
1: More than likely, I'm working on the next. I feel like I find myself in a constant work mode. You feel me? Like I can't turn it off. Like I can't help but to work every single day. Like it's, like I'm not one of those rappers that makes his album and then goes on vacation. Like I'm literally constantly work. Like I just made a song before we got on the phone. I probably will make two more. Like, you feel what I'm saying? Like I can't help it. I, I literally cannot help it. I constantly want to make, I constantly want to better myself. I'm definitely working on the next two projects right now. Like, although Love Street comes out on the 28th, I will have something else prepared for y'all by the end of the year, for sure.
0: We talked about how varied your ear is and how comfortable you are in different strains of rap. What I was curious about is if there are kinds of rap that you enjoy listening to that you're like, nah, that's not for me, I, I couldn't I couldn't get on this.
1: Yeah, I will be listening to 21 and Baby Jill and all them all the time, but I know I can't. I'm not finna get on that. Really? Yeah, yeah, I love 21 and Baby Jill and um, But you don't think you could do that? I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do that because I am not out here shooting gun. I'm not out here gang banging. I'm not out here doing none of that shit. I don't want to confuse you. Oh, okay,
0: you're talking about like what they rap
1: about specifically. Yes,
0: I just meant like the, the beats and shit.
1: The beats. I wouldn't like. I don't even want to try it because I don't want to get hype myself up to think I'm finna talk about guns. Like I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. I don't even want to hype myself up like oh, I'm finna get on there talking about gang shit. Like no, bro. I'm not finna get on there talking about no gang shit because, bro, that's not me. That's not my like. I feel like that that's happened a lot in rap. Like people just put on a persona because of beats on it. Like it's because the beat sound a certain way, they throw on a whole persona. Like that ain't me, I ain't into that style of music. I also listen to Lil Dicky too a little bit, but yeah, we, me and him nowhere near the same, but you know what I, mean? I, I I be checking out rap. Right? I check out music period, I love music. I like Soulja Boy, I like Lil B. Like I respect Jadakiss, I respect Big L. Like I listen to like all styles of rap for sure. Little B maybe have been a better one like where that's something I listen to, but I don't try it out like that. You feel me?
0: Just lastly, I wanted to check in with you about producing and your work as a producer and how that's going and, and you know whether or not you're you're sticking to that or if that's on a break. Yeah, producing kind of took a
1: backseat to my career because I started really focusing on rap. Like, I really wanted people to know me for rapping. Like, I didn't want people to know me for anything else. I wanted people to know me for my song specifically, like my music, my song specifically. You feel me? Like, I didn't want to stray away from that too much, like getting in movies or being a model or something like that or uh, producing. I really wanted to make sure, like, you knew me because I made music. I, I made this song. and You know what I mean? So I fell back from producing just to enhance my skill in writing or enhance my skill in my wordplay and my um my voice. You feel me? I wanted to really double down on the process of actually rapping. You feel me? Of actually being a wordsmith. You know what I mean? Like I really wanted to focus on that. I might come back into. I still implemented a little bit. Like every now and then, I chose all. The, I chose. A majority, like ninety, probably 85% of the samples on this next project, I normally am the one telling producers like, hey, do this B or do this one or do this section. You feel me? Well, I know I could do it myself, but I was, it's also about providing a job for someone that's not necessarily as endowed as I am. Like I might be doing my thing, paying rent and all this shit and buying my mom gifts and shit, but this producer might not have nothing, and I might be his shot. Like I might be his saving grace you feel what i'm saying like i know some of my producers be dealing with a lot so i just try to provide that job for them like i i don't know i i will get back into it i just when everybody's rich like yeah, when everybody when everybody's starting to you know is checks flowing around and i got free time all right i'm going to double back into it type shit but right
0: now i want to make sure we get rich first i've always wondered about that like a lot of rappers in their songs they 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 write lyrics about you know everybody eats, like, I'm a provider, like, and I always wonder, like, how much of that is true? Like, how many bills are you really paying?
1: Everything I'm making, my producer is making too. You feel me? When I make a month, my producer is making too. You feel me? Like, I'm positive he's paying rent off. Like, I know Cash Cash got some money off of this to hold you over. I know he paying rent over there. He's straight, you feel me? I know Grim Doza. he probably, he's straight over there, you feel me? Like, they are gonna get they split. Like, I'm not the type of dude that does business and says all that, like you just said, like everybody eats, none, 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 and then don't give them they split or don't give them their money that they are supposed to have. You feel what I'm saying? Like I'm not physically paying anybody's bills, but I'm providing money and a source for
0: you to pay your bills, for you to have that freedom. That was Tony Snow talking to The Fader's Jordan Darville. His new album Love Streak drops this Friday, April 28th. The Fader interview is engineered by Tony Giambroni. The executive producer is Alex Robert Ross, and the associate producer is Raphael Helfand. We'd like to thank Lauten Audio for providing our microphones. You can find them online at lautenaudio.com. And we'd like to thank James Ivey for providing our intro music. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate if you left a five-star rating and review. And keep an eye on thefader.com for essential music news, interviews, and essays. We'll be back soon with another episode of The Fader Interview. Goodbye till then.